0: One of my favorite segments, you know it well, off the record, on the record, uh, with Joe Campola, managing partner of one of the great firms on Long Island, ladies and gentlemen, Campola, Middleton, and McCormick. Uh, by the way, a Forbes-recognized firm, top trusted corporate law firm in America. Think about it. Distinction achieved by fewer than 1% of all law firms in the entire nation, three locations, cmmllp.com, 738-9100. Joe does a great thing, a blog, off the record, he calls it, and we bring it on the show, thus on the record. The great Joe Campolo, uh, always a pleasure, sir. How you doing?
1: Jay, I'm, I'm doing all right. Still no power in my, uh, in my neighborhood. I'm, I'm super frustrated about that, but um, what are you going to do? One more day, uh, you know, one more day ahead is where I got to get.
0: I hear you, 150,000 on uh, Long Islanders still without power. You heard Senator Brooks, uh, uh, Joe, and by the way, I want to get into the webinar a little bit later. On, I want to thank Joe. This is a great thing with the webinar. So I enjoyed my my 52 minutes beyond, I'll tell you. And Joe made a reference that I needed a haircut. Three family members saw me and said, what are you doing to your hair? So, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, thank you for pointing that <laughs> You know why I can't get a haircut? Because it's it's COVIDed. <laughs> that's right. The place I go to, the three of them are out with COVID. I am not going there. But in any event, that's uh, that's for later uh, in the hour. Uh, Joe, Senator Brooks, putting a lot of blame on PSEG. You're without power here. You're frustrated. I had a spokesperson on earlier. Listen, you know these storms. They they're, they're saying they were fully prepared. You know, I, I don't know. They got substations out. Have we not learned anything from 2012? I can't, I mean, I, what's your feeling here today?
1: Jake, so they should be ashamed of themselves. Ashamed of themselves. Let me tell you, so I'm in the Three Village area. For two days, two full days, the traffic lights were not working on Nichols Road. On the intersection of Nichols Road and 25A, the traffic light was not working for two full days. No police officer there. People playing fraga everywhere. It's it's been insane. There was no there's no preparation. There was no safety. You know, forget about residential power. How could you have on 347 and Nichols Road traffic lights out for two days? It was outrageous. It was outrageous. I I I couldn't believe it. I I can't believe it. And I can't believe we're in the third day now of uh, of no power. You know, no power. It's, it's crazy to me. I I don't understand. We pay the highest rates in the nation. They're supposedly high-tech, super high-tech, always upgrading, and yet here we are. We're like a third-world nation. It's disgraceful. Senator was spot on. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's disgraceful.
0: And listen, uh, that's, uh, that's accurate. I'll tell you, Joe, 2012, you know, I mean, antiquated systems. We shouldn't be in an antiquated society right now, not in the 21st century, not here on Long Island. I'm sorry. You can't tell me we have an antiquated system on the railroad, you know, they're fixing that up. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to substations, are we not prepared to protect if they are the very root of the problem? Okay. Now, flooding was an issue. We know it was Sandy. But we got to we gotta do a better job. I think, you know, listen, you're right. We got to do a better job here. Yeah, too many people without a pack feel bad for people with refrigerators out, medications. I don't know what they're doing. Cystic fibrosis. I was reading a, a family with kids. I mean, I, I tell you, it's tough to, tough to take. Dan Icorn, the C C, the president uh, is stating he was prepared. Uh, you know, we got to get him on. A man make it no, all. we got to get him on tomorrow. Got to get yeah, Eichhorn everybody, on. Tomorrow.
1: Everybody working from home, Jay. So now you're you're in a worse situation too. I got everybody working from home. Nobody has power. Nobody has Wi-Fi. Nobody has cell service. This is this is outrageous. It's it's disgraceful. I got to tell you, really, they should be ashamed of themselves.
0: All right, now, listen, uh, it's it's a solid point. You can't and you can't. You got to get people. Well, listen. You can't tell me a phone line was out too. The eight hundred number too. I mean, I mean, you have the the substation now. The phone numbers. Oh my goodness! I will tell you, it's always something with utility. It's always something, always something. Joe Lieber, National Grid. You know, raising the rates. We pay the highest, with third highest rate in the nation. You know, it's always something here. You know, this I, I can't buy into it anymore. It's always something. I feel a frustration. I feel it, man. And we still got to pay the darn bills, too, right? It's crazy. Uh, Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, so uh, no stimulus agreement yet. You have $600 uh, that is uh, out the window. Uh, You have a president that is saying, you know what? Uh, I am going to uh, cite executive order here. Uh, I'm going to make things happen. You have uh, Congress and the Senate not coming eye to eye. No surprise there. Who knows when they will? Uh, it's dire for many people right now, businesses. Uh, what do you do right now, Joe? What do you do? The benefit of 600, the extra bump, no more. What do you do now? Okay, it's,
1: it's, it's, a, it's a huge issue, and there's, there's, no, there's no capacity to bring people back to work right now. That's the problem that businesses are having. So what are we going to do? we we got to keep the economy floating. we got to keep it alive somehow. I understand, believe me, I understand the debt situation. I understand the fact that we're now twenty five maybe going to twenty seven trillion dollars in debt. I understand that I really do, but we have really, really significant problems in this economy right now that that i I think people are just again starting to get tone deaf to uh maybe because we're we're open and people are out and they're and they're on the beaches and they feel like they're on vacation, but nobody's adding jobs, nobody's bringing back. Capacity that we're we're a third down in terms of productivity, and that's where it's been leveled off. May, June, July, and August looks like it's going to be exactly the same. We're five months, Jay. Five months into COVID, so there is no V. uh, There likely is no U. So where are we at now? An L recovery? So we really need to keep liquid this economy because, Jay, if the if the if the economy doesn't stay liquid. That's the only thing holding this stock market afloat right now, okay? And if if there's no stimulus dollars and there's no money circulating in this economy to keep it moving, we're going to have bigger problems because that market's going to start tank. And then you're really going to see a lot of pain. Right now, people are looking at their their 401Ks, their IRAs, their investment portfolios, and they still feel pretty safe. I know. I I do it too, right? I still feel pretty safe, right? My IRA is still intact. That could cut down to half. Um, You're going to see a whole different ballgame going on in the uh, in the American people, and that's really the biggest concern with the presidential election right now. Is uh, is if that market tanks and we're stuck in this mud and we're still waiting for a vaccine, it's going to be a game changer. So I certainly, you know, don't have the answers. I got to tell you, I think that uh, I think that Secretary of the Treasury uh, Steve Mnuchin and Fed Reserve. Chairman Jay Powell. I think they're unsung heroes. I think they have been working incredibly, incredibly tirelessly and hard. I don't think Treasury and the Fed ever get recognition for for being heroes in times of crisis, but they are really working incredibly hard to try and figure this uh, figure this all out. So my hope is that politics aside, really smart people are going to help us through this.
0: Family emergency in the middle of Joe's uh, dissertation there on the economy and everything else. Guess what? I had a kid choking in the house. I had to leave the microphone and uh, almost uh, I had to do the old uh, Heimlich uh, maneuver on my uh, son. So he is fine. Wow. You never know what you That's get crazy. on this uh sh- You never you never know what you get on the program, Mr. Kempola. So many <laughs> so many to, tasks that I have to, to have
1: going, though, I'll tell you.
0: We had a good one. And, and thanks to my son, Justin, who ch- choked on a pill. My goodness. Are you okay? Good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, 600 a week, the economy, I understand that You were going, sir, go ahead, before I rudely interrupted you. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know where I left off. I was on a rant, but I was just saying that, you know, in these times, and we saw it, 08, 09, uh, um, uh, with Paulie and Bernanke, and we see it now with Mnuchin and Powell, you know, Secretary of the Treasury and the Fed Chairman are really unsung heroes. I think those guys are working tirelessly to try and hold this economy together, to try and keep that stock market liquid, to try and prevent it from tanking um, and and keeping our, our IRAs and uh, and everything else safe, Jay. Um, we're going to have a whole different discussion and a whole different world of problems if those IRAs. And that stock market goes in the, uh, in the toilet and stays there for a long time.
0: I'm with you. I, listen, and I've said this all along, the 600 has to go. You're disincentivizing, you're disincentivizing Joe. Uh, that's key right now. You can't pick government against public in, private industry right now. You can't do that. That's what you're doing. Because people are making more money on the sidelines. That's what where, where it comes down to. So in my opinion, you know, GOPers want two hundred, the Dems want to continue this. You can't continue the six. You just can't. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's economic suicide as far as I'm concerned. You got businesses yeah, right now holding
1: I think it should be a blend, Jay. I mean one thing I, I do support and the president got shut down pretty quickly on it though, is a payroll tax cut, right? So for the people who have been working um, and working hard, particularly the, the frontline workers that worked all through the pandemic. Um, they didn't get any. They didn't get any sort of incentive. Uh, the payroll tax cut would uh, would give them a bigger paycheck for being at work. So I think it should be a blend. I think there should be some enhancement to uh, to unemployment for folks who want to get to work but there's no job. and there should be some incentive to to be rewarding the people that are getting up every day, and uh, and and working. And that I think drives a lot of the tensions um, away, right? Because a lot of the tensions are. Uh, um, people are watching other people make more than them to sit on the sidelines right now and that causes a political football so i, I supported the payroll tax that went cut it went away very quickly but uh, but I thought it was a good idea
0: so you do you but
1: do you still support the payroll tax payroll tax cut I think I think makes sense with with some some reduced stimulus on unemployment so you're giving people bigger paychecks who are out working and you're giving people some incentive um. Uh, who are on unemployment and can't get work?
0: No doubt about it. Joe can't pull off the record on the record. All right, let's move to, uh, let's go on and see, you know, a lot of people are saying with these debates, you know, you have a lot of people now behind the scenes that are telling Joe Biden that you don't need to go to these debates, okay? You, I mean, a lot of people are saying this now because, you know, obviously they don't have a lot of confidence, uh with Biden. You heard Biden yesterday. I don't know if you heard Biden yesterday with a reporter, you know, where the interviewer had questioned the cognitive actions of uh the former vice president. And he vehemently objected. He cited something regarding cocaine and if the interview was a junkie, you know, something silly like and then couldn't get out the words of a sentence thereafter. Uh Joe's been locked in the basement. Joe's gonna be in the spotlight, come September the twenty ninth with debate number one of three. So in essence uh if Biden basically says, you know what, I'm not gonna debate, I don't need to debate. I'm leading in every poll imaginable right now. Uh could he lose the election at this point in time if he doesn't get on those stages?
1: Well, it's his to lose, Jay. I gotta tell you, I think it's I think I think it's his to lose and I think Trump tears him up in the debate. I think I, I think the one thing Donald Trump can do is debate. Right? That's that's what he does um and joe biden doesn't Uh, so i think uh, wisely they're trying to talk him out of debating i think shame on him if he does not debate though president of the united states has to get out there and uh, and debate public issues with his uh with his adversaries has to do it um so you know he's damned if he doesn't damned if he doesn't but i think he needs to get out there and debate, although I think he's going to get shellacked, to be honest with you.
0: I think he's going to get shellacked also. To me, if you don't debate, you know, you're not uh, telling the American people anything. Uh, if you don't debate, you're, you're, not going to, you're not going to be elected. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, you can't break the traditions uh, for so many uh, decades of, of debates. You can't do that. Uh, I don't care, you know, how lame he is. Listen, uh, that's a troubling aspect to me, Joe. You know, it's, I'll tell you one thing. It's almost... I'm watching these daily briefings right now with the president. I can't take those anymore either. You know, it's Trump's greatest hits since uh, this pandemic. You know, uh, closing the borders and testing, and I don't want to hear if we're testing 61 million people anymore. That doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care. India's in second place with 12 million. I got to tell you, I can't take it. I can't take the questions of the of the uh, of the press. You know, it's a short press conference, thank goodness. Not like back when it started, an hour and a half. But i tell you, they are absolutely meaningless. I want to know what's going on right now. Uh, if, you, if you saw the Axios interview on HBO, a disgrace, uh, an absolute disgrace, I got to tell you. But right now, I want to know about testing when it comes to results. What's the latest? Rapid testing. Uh, where are we at here? The U.K. has it why can't we have it rapid testing give me a five to 15 minute response don't let people sit for seven to ten days can't have that i gotta tell you the the briefings of the president joe biden it's almost like and i said it yesterday i hate to say it it's pick your poison come november the third right now as far as i'm concerned
1: yeah I, i i couldn't i couldn't agree more um, I think I think Joe Biden is a is a good, honorable man. I just can't see him leading us through this crisis. Um, just can't see it. I'm sorry. There's plenty of other people out there that I can see um, doing it. He's not one of them, and that's that's a real shame for the American people. I think, you know, getting back to the you know to the debate um, issue and 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 his issue, his people his people should just be instructing him to. To bait Donald Trump and let Donald Trump look like a total bully in these uh, debates. Donald is uh, is very pent up right now. He probably will go over the top. Um, but if he doesn't, if he does not choose to debate Donald Trump, Jay, I agree with you. I think he loses the election because I think that fires up uh, the, Donald Trump's base. It fires up the Republicans and it makes all of these moderates and, and undecided. For, for saying uh, you know maybe Joe Biden's the right guy it makes him look very very weak in a time when the next president can't can't appear weak And you know Donald Trump's a lot of things but Donald Trump doesn't appear weak he just he just doesn't He's he just got a very strong appearance whether you whether you love him, whether you hate him um, you know that's that's his thing. And so I think when you have a when you have a pandemic, an economic crisis, you know hurricanes, what's next? Lotus, uh, Locus, I mean, you want people who are strong, and Joe Biden needs to do everything he can between now and the uh, and the election day to appear strong.
0: You know, I want to point out to the audience, and I found this this morning, August 4th, 2016, Joe. Uh, Hillary led Trump by nearly seven points. That was in the real clear politics average of national polls. Okay? That same metric now has Biden up by 7.4%. So, you know, listen, here's what it comes down to, folks. Uh, we could have a little deja vu feeling here all over again. And I'm telling you right now, a lot is going to be on those, those debates. And if Biden chooses not to show up, he'll, he will lose. He will lose the election and give it to Trump. I'm going to tell you right now. So they better somehow get him out of that basement, get a nice little fresh suit on him, hair combed, coiffed. You know, nice little shave and everything else. Wide-eyed to the whole thing, and let him practice putting complete sentences together. Because if he doesn't do that, he loses on November the third. Mark my words, Joe.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I totally agree, and, and I got to tell you, people, people remember, I think vividly how important the debates really, really are, and uh, you know, Jay, revisionist history, but really you know it was in my mind in 2016 Hillary Clinton would have had it but for Comey coming out late as October basically saying you know they're reopening the investigation on the emails and people felt like oh we don't want to go through this nonsense uh, uh let me just vote for Trump and give him a give him a chance it's going to be it's going to be the same type of thing now i think there's a whole lot of undecided people who are saying you know what? I'm, I gave Trump a chance. I'm, I'm sick of him. I'm sick of his rhetoric. Uh, but if they see no leadership and no strength uh, coming out of Biden, the, the devil you know is sometimes better than the devil you don't know. And, and that could turn that quickly the same way it did in 2016.
0: Without question, Joe pull off the record, on the record. You know, I saw it. I don't know if you saw the tape yesterday with the governor. Uh, basically stating, you know, so many people have left the city, uh, have left the area. They have gone to greener pastures down the East End, Connecticut. Uh, he says, you know what? Please come back. He's begging people to come back. You know, he needs them. He needs the you know for the economy, obviously. Uh, the taxes and everything, the tax rolls and everything else. He'll so buy people a drink. He'll take them out to dinner. Please come back. He literally said that. And I said to myself, really? How? It's almost like okay. So you you want people to come back but yet you chase them away. How do you chase them away? Well, they don't feel safe anymore in the big city. Uh we got a mayor here that cares more about other things than than uh than embracing the police department. Uh we have a governor that, uh, that, that I got to tell you, I think is in that same arena. Uh he hasn't said much, but yet You know, we care more about quarantining people and checkpoints uh, at uh, at the stuff going on right now. With the city now, Joe, is setting up checkpoints at the bridges and tunnels to help enforce the COVID-19 mandatory two-week quarantine order for people traveling from high infection rates. So we care more about this than the people, than the residents. We can't keep people safe. How do you expect them to stay? I would do the same thing. I would take my family and head the hell out of there. What do I? Have? What, what, what does New York City do for me anymore? Besides the fact there's no Broadway shows, you can't eat in good restaurants the way you want to. But they're not keeping it safe for anybody. They have taken a billion off the police department and given it to other areas. They have stripped the anti-crime unit, plain clothes. Look what has occurred there. Murders galore every weekend. It's like The Purge, the movie, every weekend, another edition Another sequel, and here we go with the wanting people to come back. How contradictory is that?
1: Yeah, but this has been happening. This has been happening for a long time. So Andrew Cuomo, who you know, listen, he has a vision. He's a very strong leader, and he has a vision of what he wanted to accomplish um, as as governor. And he wanted to enhance social programs, which I, which I applaud. And he wanted to try and, and, and close the disparity and in income gap and, and, and help racial minorities advance, all of which I support, Jay. But the problem is you need money to be able to accomplish all of those programs. So pre-COVID, Andrew Cuomo spent a lot of time stripping money out of businesses, in, imposing new taxes, making businesses very, very unfriendly here in New York. And what kept everybody here was New York is still one of the greatest places in the world to, uh, to live. You have the Big Apple. You had Broadway. You had all the restaurants. You had all the experiences. You had everything else. So people begrudgingly stayed here and would, and would gripe about it but not do anything because they had great jobs, great businesses, and a great quality of life. Well, now COVID comes in, and COVID takes away jobs. Right. So one third of the businesses in New York City alone and and, and and Long Island's going to be pretty much the same way, I think, to a certain extent, are just not going to come back. You take away all of the experiences. You take away Broadway. You take away the restaurants. You take away the theaters. You make everything one big pain in the next to do. No more incentive to say. No more incentive. So you dismantle business. You, you encumbered businesses. And now he's got a big problem because now he's got no tax base that's going to be able to pay for all of this, And that's a huge issue, huge issue.
0: Now, you're right. But uh, again, you know, there's to me, New York City is the greatest city on the planet. Hands down when it's functioning properly. How does it function properly? Joe, you have to have good leadership. We got lousy leadership. We got the worst mayor since Mayor Quimby. Okay, right now running the show here. We have a governor that has an opportunity to extract him from office. He did not. They have leadership that basically uh, does not embrace our men and women in blue. The disrespect, the ongoing nonsense, the speaker of the council, Corey Johnson, on the vote to ban chokeholds. Yet, it's okay for a police officer to be in a chokehold. And nobody says anything. Nobody says a darn thing. It is so disappointing to me. I got to tell you, so disappointing to me. But you know what, Joe? The beat beat goes on. That's what it is. Well, we have no
1: choice, right? This is what I keep saying uh, to all my employees and to to my family. We have no choice. You know, we're we're New Yorkers. We're strong. We are. We got to keep moving on. Um, No power. Still got to move on. Right. Got got to keep moving on. I think Bill de Palazio is just way in over his head. I think, you know, and it, it just seemed like nobody else wanted the job. I mean, it just seemed like nobody really did a strong run to to take the position of New York City mayor. Uh, he's probably a good man. It just seems he's in way over his head, Jay. And that city, you know, we lost uh, back to where it was in the 70s. We lost 30 years of progress in New York City now, which is just a just a total sham.
0: Listen, I'm not a big fan of him now because, you know, he's acting nutty, uh, and God knows why. Well, listen, he's getting a little older, but I'm talking about Rudy. You know, Giuliani were at the helm here. This wouldn't happen. This would never have happened in a million years to our city. Uh, and it's all about leadership. It's all about messaging, and it's all about leadership. Joe pull off the record, on the record. We'll do another one before a quick break, Joe, and that's uh, the FAA you know uh, where now you have federal officials extending this mandatory and a very controversial north shore helicopter route It'd be a couple of more years they continue to reevaluate the path let's not forget going back folks to 2012 that's where you had the federal aviation administration made the route mandatory for helicopters flying along the north shore so the route requires pilots to fly i think it's about a mile offshore joe until they reach the north fork And that's when they typically transition south while traveling uh, to the Hamptons. This has irritated many, a lot of noise, and everything else. Here's my beef here. My beef is the FAA does what they want, no matter what. Even the president sounded off years ago as far as wanting some answers and change. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Very disappointing. Noise pollution is real. And those fine folks out there can't get a break here. We look for that word again, leadership, and we still cannot alter the path of the FAA. They do as they wish. When is that going to end, come to an end? Yeah, Very disappointing.
1: Totally, uh, it is. It's totally tone deaf, too, Jay. I mean, I spend a fair amount of time out on, on Dune Road on the beach there, and the helicopters are incredibly, incredibly noisy. And a pain in the neck, right? And all, all it is is they just got to make a little bit of an adjustment and maybe add five or seven minutes onto their flight path to avoid that, but they, they absolutely refuse to do it, and it becomes a huge, huge nuisance. I don't understand why it's so difficult to alter that flight path a little bit and cut down on that noise. The noise is terrible, Jay. It's terrible on those beaches. It ruins the entire experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Chuck Schumer should not be patting himself on the back here, nor should Tom Swasey. I read a comment from Congressman Swasey, uh, who commended the FAA's latest decision. For what? They, it, it, the latest decision of doing the same thing that they have been doing all along. And they're not uh, They're not reaching out to the needs of the residents. I mean, Congressman, I, I tell you what, Congressman, live in my house at Rocky Point for a week. On, and, and go through a weekend, too and you try and relax in the backyard and everything else, you got nothing but noise. You got nothing but noise. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, See how you like it then. But please, don't commend the FAA. Please. They do as they wish and always have, no matter who's out there. Lee Zeldin has fought vehemently. Okay? You, You can't take down the FAA. You can't. Joe, that's what it comes down to. Can't do it.
1: Totally agree.
0: Okay, listening to Off the Record, On the Record uh, with Joe Campola, managing partner, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of the great firm Campola, Middleton, McCormick. Three locations, Riverhead, Westbury, uh, as well as uh, the hub in Ron Conkma, 738 dot com. A Forbes pick as far as uh, one of the top law firms in America. We got him right here. Uh, Joe, uh, you know, I- I'm getting different signals here because. Donald Trump, you know, is making a lot of waves regarding uh, uh, the ballots now, the mail-in ballots and everything else. Uh, He what did he state? He said, uh, "When the 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 National Committee, the Republican National Committee, have filed a lawsuit against Nevada's top election official over new law that will automatically send a ballot for November's election to all active registered voters." So the lawsuit alleges that the law would make uh, voter fraud and other ineligible voting inevitable. That's really what it says. So it's seeking an injunction to prevent the law from being implemented and enforced. And Trump, you know, for months has been railing against the efforts to expand mail-in voting amid this pandemic. He's made unsupported claims that it would lead to widespread voter fraud. And then he goes the other way. He kind of reversed the stance a couple of days ago for his beloved home state of Florida, uh, tweeting to encourage voting by mail. Uh, We know it's a critical swing state. And it's contending its election system is, quote, safe and secure, tried and true. That's what he said. So which way is it, Donald Trump? Uh, Is it Nevada? Is it Florida? Is it the—listen, you know as well as I know— uh, everybody's looking at the polls, and he is losing the election right now. So he's trying to pull anything he can right now, uh, anything he can. Thus, the briefings of why you're seeing him now for a couple of weeks every day, and now this stuff as far as the mail-ins. What's your take here?
1: Look, if if anything from the Russia investigation and Mueller's investigation, what the American people should have taken from all that is the one, the one... Thing that can really destroy this country immediately is if voters and voter fraud occurs. And if somebody manipulates the vote, somebody has the ability to to do that. And, and that's what Robert Mueller was looking at with Russia. And that's really where the way I see this is I'm in favor of people being able to vote, using technology, being able to vote, using mail, being able to vote, The question is, how do we prevent fraud? That has to be the question. If we have anything as Americans, Jay, the great equalizer is we all have a vote, right? And we need to make sure that the the voting process um, remains unencumbered and is not riddled with fraud and cannot be manipulated by foreign countries or other internal groups that may want to manipulate Voting, So I'm in, I'm in favor of it. I think we, we need to try and figure out a way to do it. And, it, and maybe COVID has forced that issue uh, because we don't get enough turnout. We don't get enough turnout. So we need to find ways to encourage more people to vote because that's what's going to help bridge some of the inequities in society is getting people out there to vote. So I'm in favor of it, but I do think that we need to figure out a way to do it to mitigate fraud.
0: I agree. I mean, listen. We saw it firsthand with the New York primaries. Even on Long Island, you had so many mail-in ballots. They really couldn't even. I mean, the primary is, what June 23rd, and they couldn't even start the process until uh, July the 8th or, or thereabouts. You know, I mean, it's unacceptable. You shouldn't have to wait that long, and uh, and that's an issue. That's something you think about, and then you put all the illness on the postal service. So there's, a, there's. I see. My my belief is I I gotta think. I I have to believe, I can't put it out there that it's fraudulent. You have Listen, you can't do that. Because you don't, you don't know that. But we know why he's saying it. We know that. Oh, we're not going to hear the reason. we could take years to get a result. You know, listen, he's scared to death right now. He's scared to death because he's losing in every poll. Not that I'm a big poll guy. To me, as I always have said, it's a snapshot in time. So a lot could happen. I gave you the numbers regarding August 4th, 2016. Hillary had the lead. Biden has a lead. It could evaporate. Deja vu. Here we go. Be careful here. So that's something uh, to keep in mind. Want to get your take on something here. A couple of more. Are you losing faith at all in in Anthony Fauci? You know, the latest now, uh, the virus may be here to stay. He says the leading U.S. uh, He says it's possible the virus will never go away, and that the world will just get better at managing it with vaccines. You know, it's almost as if I'm getting the the daily Fauci readings here, good or bad. Uh, you know, I'm almost to the point where maybe it's better we don't hear from Fauci for a while. I mean, he's, he's not giving you anything of substance. He's on the fly, and I get it. Uh, this is a new thing here, okay? I understand that. But when I have the leading guy here of infectious diseases in the planet, when I have a guy who has received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I have a guy here who's been at the focal point of the HIV crisis, uh, I have a guy here who has served under six presidents, I'm starting to wonder a little bit. I know a lot of people have in the past. I've always been, you know, a big Fauci fan as far as what he and Dr. De- Deborah Burks has said. But right now, I'm wondering if it's getting a little tiresome here on some of these quotes. What's your feeling here?
1: Yeah, I, look, the two, two things I think go on, um, go on with him. I, I, I do think he has the best of intentions, but he's a scientist, right? He's an he's, he's infectious disease scientist, and they, they are interested in drilling down to the nanosecond and trying to figure things out and trying to understand the virus. And when a brand new one comes along for them, it's exciting, and uh, and they seem to be sending mixed messages because as things are discovered, things change, and I get that, and that's uh, that's part of their their job. Um, and he clearly has some ego and enjoys being in the spotlight to a certain extent with all those accomplishments. Um, as you mentioned, I think that is part of it, but but his job is to do what he's doing. It's the elected officials in this country whose job it is to take that information and figure out how to keep society safe but moving with all of that information, right? And I think at the end of the day, the, the, only, the only challenge I had was when they first came out and said no masks and then they said masks, um, I think that elected officials are understanding or should be understanding at this point that masks and social distancing works. Uh, we've shown it here in uh, we've shown it here in New York. It, it works. That's how we should be moving through this recovery. That's how we should be moving through society right now. We should have an assumption. I think that masks and social distancing is the way to go until we get a, until we get a vaccine. And I think you're right. I think because these scientists want to drill down to the nanosecond. Of everything and things change here or there. To hear from them too much uh, drives everybody crazy. It drives me absolutely crazy. I don't. I don't think it's bad intention. I just think it's what they do. It's it's what they do, and 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 we don't know. We're not we're not these infectious disease scientists. We don't know what it means. We don't know what it does. But we do know that masks work. We do know that social distancing works. Yay! And that's where we need to stick. I think until a vaccine is there, and we need to continue. To open up the economy using masks and social distancing, I think everybody agrees on that.
0: And I agree, masks. You have to. You have to wear the mask. I mean, that's the bottom line. Distance, no question. Uh, but I object sometimes even to the way the president has handled Burks and Fauci. Even with Burks, you know, warning of this new phase in this country uh, with widespread infections, and and try to be silenced after going on uh, one of the shows last weekend. There, you know, it, it's almost as if the administration does not want the real story uh being handed out for fear of interruption uh as far as the mindset of this president of how he feels uh it's going right now i mean that's really how it is and the fact is he does not want the facts out there he's uh he's putting his own spin on things even to the point during the axios interview regarding Uh, deaths in this country, rather than look at uh, per capita, he's looking at total population, which is a misnomer as far as compared to other countries, you know? I mean, the the U.S. has lost, whether you like it or not, it's real. They've lost uh, 160,000 people, okay? We have hit 4 million-plus positives here, and we still, uh, bottom line here, folks, we still have not quelled the problem, okay? Even yesterday, you had the governor of Arizona in in the White House and it's all hunky-dory. It's not. It's not. I mean, Florida had 5,500 cases and 200-plus deaths in one day. It's still not. Is is it better than 10,000? I guess it is. But we have not fully solved the issue. How do we solve it? We still haven't fixed the testing aspect, which is key. We must get the testing fixed. And we got to get it fixed for the schools. I'll tell you that much, Joe. Quick comment on the school, then we'll get to some some CMM stuff. But, you know, the pre- the governor will make a decision in the next couple of days. You heard some of the Senate discussion. Uh, you heard uh, Howard Zucker yesterday regarding testing and rapid tests not there yet. Infrastructure problems and everything else. You wonder how much that will weigh into Cuomo's decision on fully opening up the schools come September. That's a big point there.
1: Jay, yeah, they got to get the schools open. There's, there's a whole host of reasons from socializing kids to their education but, again, let's look at the practical economic impact, okay? Schools aren't open. One parent has to stay home and school. So now you're going to have a parent losing income and paying a school tax for a school that's not even helping to educate a kid. It's not going to work. It's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable model. Again, if masks and social distancing work, we have to find an integrated way To get these schools open in a safe way, I'm not not saying that you have to force it, but we got we got to get things moving, Jay. We are five months into this. There is such a sense of battle fatigue right now uh, in in society. We got to get people moving. We got to get them back to to schools. We got to get people back to work. We have no choice. And um, you know, this virus is um is very very contagious. I get it. And New York was, you know, unbelievable, unbelievable what happened happened in New York. And we can't forget about what happened in New York. But thank God the death rates elsewhere are much lower. We know more about the virus. We know how to distance. We know that masks work. So we got to We got to get moving, Jay. I'm sorry, but it just has to happen. There are so many hosts of problems uh, that, that are just brewing and mental health issues and just all sorts of problems we got to get people moving.
0: Listen, I say all along you can geo-target it as if the area uh, where the numbers are low, as they are on Long Island and in and around, uh, you know why? You can open up the schools. Do it safely, plan submitted, protocols in place, safety distance. I don't care, plexiglass, uh, you can open it up. You can't open it in states like Florida where it's just off the charts. I'm sorry, you can't do that you got to be smart here, okay? You can't ride, if you're Governor Ron DeSantis, that constant Trump, tr- Trump train. You can't do that. Please, give me a little bit of leadership in, other, in some of these other states. In New York, you can open it up. You can do so safely, uh, without question, as long as the numbers are low. A couple of minutes left. Uh, Mr. Campolo, uh, he does so many great things within the company uh, that he has. He reruns a great, uh, great uh, show, uh, including the webinar thing, which I loved being on by the way love being on on Tuesday you and Peter Klein have done a heck of a job by putting a lot of people on and just you know grilling them really and it was good to be grilled I got to tell you good to be grilled as far as I was concerned good stuff there
1: yeah you are you were our most lovable guest today Jay you were very uh very good-natured very gracious um, I I truly appreciated your uh, your candor and I like turning the tables on you a bit and making you understand what your guests go through. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun
0: Loved it. I really do. I look forward to the next time i hope I'm asked back down the road. Uh, and by the way, it'll be on the website. You can catch everything I do with Joe and Peter. It'll be on the website. They'll, they'll take care of that. Now, uh, give me a couple of things of note as far as CMM. What are you guys working on?
1: So a uh, lot, lot of good stuff going on. You know, we put together a, a COVID response team from a legal perspective. A lot of businesses have very, very similar um, you know, very similar issues going on right now from uh, from problems with their partner partnership disputes, problems with their landlords and their and their lease disputes, and problems with employees and HR issues and reopening and restaffing. So what we really did is we put together a response team that's all they're really focused on dealing, and that's helped make the process so much more user friendly and efficient for our clients. It's um, it's been a tremendous resource. Um, you know, for them, right now, people just don't have time and dollars to be spending on legal fees. It's, it's tough to say when you're a lawyer and you run a law firm, but that's just the reality of it. They're trying to get keep their businesses alive, but these issues are coming up, so we made things incredibly efficient for our, uh, for our clients, which I appreciate very much. I'm also running a negotiation workshop, Jay. Right now, negotiation, to me, is the most important thing that people need to have, the most important club in their bag. You know what I've realized is uh, everybody is a little bit tolerant. Everybody's being a little bit flexible. Vendors, employees, landlords. You got to talk to them. You got to talk to them, and you got to know how to negotiate with them. So we're running some some negotiation workshops so people can visit our website and learn about that. But to me, right now, the best skill anybody can have is the ability to communicate and negotiate. So we're hopeful that people pick up on on that. You know, litigation is going to get you nowhere. Um, you've got to be able to negotiate and work things out with everybody right now.
0: Good stuff. Listen, nobody does it better than Polo. You know, you go back to the early days and the hotline he set up for businesses, uh, questions, concerns, he answered the call. Uh, he, does, he has done so much during this pandemic as far as helping people. I give you a lot of credit, man. No one's done it. No one's come close to what you've done. You know, you're helping people out there. It's It's tough times for all. Nobody's immune to this, folks. Uh, and we're five months plus in, and God knows when it's going to end. But uh, I know Camp Paul will be at the helm of it all. Uh, listen, I look forward to the next time you stay well. And I, and by the way, sorry about the interruption. Kid swallowed a pill, went down the wrong way. I had to burst into action. And uh, fast forward, he is fine.
1: Well, I'm glad he's fine. And it's good to know that you're underdog when needed there, Jay. You know?
0: I always got to put the cape on, Joe?
1: Always. It never ends. Always.
0: I got to take that cape off once in a while. It. All right, pal. Well, you take man. care. Good you stay about. well. Yep. Me too.